warning sign. They return to the foundation. This is the end of the shine on a notch. Hit from foreign life, click, click. In your boom, boom, click. Watch this. Good evening. I don't even know what time it is, wherever you are. Hello. Bonjour. What's good? Um, Welcome to our show. This has been a long time coming. I am Lakeisha Marie, and I'm here with my lovely, lovely partner, co-host. Zynga Makita. (laughs) Like my twin. Like all of it, right? (laughs) So you'll definitely get to know more about us, but this is like the genesis of this entire project, and I'm so so excited. So for those of you who don't know, because I'm sure at this point a lot of people wouldn't, but that'll change, right? <laughs> I'm Lakeisha. Hi guys, I'm Lakeisha Marie Ford, actually. And um, oh my gosh, I'm so many things, but I'm Jamaican American. I moved to Ghana. I've been visiting Ghana for the past 11 years. And um, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a black woman. I'm an Africa enthusiast. I'm a techie, tech enthusiast. I am an Afrofuturist. All these things, we'll get into it. But that is me. And she's every woman, basically. <laughs> it's so lady. <laughs> and I'm Zinga Makita. I've been here like 10 years, been back and forth to Ghana, 10 years. Initially, I came in um, 1998, I think. Yeah. Oh, that's more than 10 years. Yeah, but I'm saying like staying, t- staying okay. 10 years, but... I'm true to this, not new to this. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Lakeisha, why did you come here? Well, okay. To so, Ghana. So, I want, I think, before we even talk about why we should talk about how we got here and then why we chose Ghana. Because um, our stories are different and slightly fascinating. Well, yours is more fascinating than mine. But. No, it's not. <laughs> But we're going to talk about how we came to Ghana or how Ghana came into our lives and then essentially why, and then go into basically the whole purpose of this podcast. So yes, starting off how, okay, um, I was a sophomore at Spelman College based in Atlanta, New uh, shit. Sorry, we could do that over, right? I'm going to do <laughs> no, this over. Okay. You want to start all over no, again? No, no, not all over, just okay. that part. So how Ghana? I, um, what was it? It was like 2007, 2008. I was a sophomore at Spelman. There was this like fly woman that came to Spelman to talk about this study abroad program called NYU in Ghana. Shout out to Krista Sanders, right? So Krista Sanders comes to my campus to talk about NYU in Ghana. Long story short, I was torn between studying abroad in South Africa and Ghana. And there were these two girls in my class from Ghana, Ama and Adrapa. They were like, what? South Africa? You said you want to go to Africa? And you're talking about South Africa? Girl, no. You need to go to Ghana. Ghana (laughs) is like going to give you... A real experience, no shade to South Africa, but it's just, they were just like, you need to start with Ghana, and then of course you can always travel to South Africa. So I was like, okay. So I pretty much, I was a double major, economics and international studies. You know, Spelman, we try to raise the bar, we do the mm-hmm. most, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> as an international stu- studies major, it's mandatory for you to study abroad. 
so I chose to do my semester here in Ghana, and this was 2008. I'm aging myself. So my junior year of college, I studied abroad here. That's how I first came to Ghana. And of course, for so many reasons, which we'll get into, I fell in love with it. Like the places, I was like, the places like Jamaica, I felt more at home here than I did in um, the United States and Jamaica, which was mm-hmm. wild for me because Jamaica is like home, home. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm home. Like, I just feel like there's this alignment that happens for black people when they come to the continent. So that is how I came to Ghana. And I pretty much, it's like, I feel kind of crazy for saying this, but you know how people talk about the first time they um, take, take drugs? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I'm going there. <laughs> and basically they become addicted because they try to recreate the first experience. Yeah, I've heard about yeah, that. Yeah, that sounds low vibrational, but mm-hmm. essentially I'm just trying to get you to yeah. understand that. That was like such an amazing experience mm-hmm. for me. And I was like, I'm coming back and I'm going right. to keep coming back. I'm going to keep doing right. this. So I kept coming back until I eventually decided in 2015 that um, I wanted to be based here so yeah that is how I made it to Ghana we'll talk about why next but Makita how (laughs) did you come to Ghana I'm so excited for you to tell people this (laughs) so I was brought to Ghana by my mother she I was raised Rastafarian so um you know Baba Shanti for those familiar it's always black supremacy back to Africa Marcus Garvey Marcus Garvey my life right. <laughs> like, like <you> just said. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so it was actually a dream of hers to live in Africa where she didn't know but when she joined um, the Rastafarian faith um, the leader at the time who is Prince Emmanuel that's his name said you are going to be our like representative for Ghana and even before that my mom used to tell me stories that she used to say that her her grandfather is from Ghana as oh, wow. a, yeah this is a woman who is she's gonna kill me raised in North Carolina the dirty south like and she just always had a connection to Africa so here I am thinking I'm grown a teenager just about to start high school and my mom is like okay we're going to Ghana just for two months so I'm like okay whatever have my little boyfriend thinking whatever mom let's get this two months over with that's my boo (laughs) right (laughs) I have things to do (laughs) and we get here and then it's time to go back and she's like go back to where oh my gosh were you distraught I was was so distraught did you have to break up with your boyfriend I did I had to break up with my boyfriend over the phone and she enrolled me in school like a local ass school (laughs) shout out to WAS West Africa (laughs) Secondary School by the way, I know nobody from that class, so please, if y'all remember me, somebody Aww. reach out to me. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, local school, rode the trotro, back and forth to school. Wow. Eating fried yam and shit from the side of the road, like ha- carrying my little handkerchief, like very <laughs> local shit going on <laughs> at that time. So we left. We, well, I was here for like two years with my mom, and then we had to go back because my brother died. So I went back. Life went on, um, and then, as to 
why I chose Ghana. Okay, wait a minute, because I feel like we need to unpack a few things about this high school experience. So you finished high school here? I did not finish high school. I did maybe like two years, but like it was crazy. Half the time I wasn't in school. I'm sorry. I was self-educating myself. So here in Ghana or in the state? In Ghana. Like we would go to school, but my mom would be like, she was a bit lax. But I still got my education, y'all. Don't worry. (laughs) But yeah. I went to school here. It was about a year and a half. Yeah, and then I went back to the States and finished my junior, senior year. Okay. okay. So, yeah, I had that experience. Okay, so I feel like you should continue the story and tell us why Ghana. Because, like, you can't stop at this point and then, like, (laughs) Okay, why Ghana? Finish high school in college, then Facebook happens. And mind you, reverse, when I came to Ghana as a teenager, there was this one guy that I met and I know it's being fast or whatever y'all want to call it being grown (laughs) but as a teenager I met this guy and immediately as I saw him I knew I was going to marry him as a teenager I'm very serious I don't know what what it feels like it's just a connection it sounds so corny so weird but there was just some kind of connection never dated like we were just we were just friends like just hanging out But even returning back to the States, I used to always think about him. Always, always. I even, like the other day I told him, I was like, I remember sitting in my room in the States, like thinking about you, like hoping I could be with you. Like manifestation. (laughs) What? Yes. And he he could just not stop laughing because he doesn't believe it. But I actually remember like being a young lady in my room, like wishing I could be with this guy. So... Fast forward, Facebook happened. I don't know, I reached out to him or he reached out to me randomly. And like three weeks later, I was in Ghana. We Shut were- up. <laughs> and this was after high school. After high school, I was in college, mm-hmm. like living in Miami. Mm-hmm. And then just a mess, we just started messaging each other. And mm-hmm. it was such a strong connection. Three weeks later, I was in Ghana. I told my mom, I'm like, I'm going to Ghana to get married. I told everybody, I was like, I'm getting married. I'm having a baby. Wow. But I just put it out there. You just knew. <laughs> I just knew. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's why I chose Ghana for love. That's, that's that's so dope. See, honest guys, I want you to know, like, I essentially know this story clearly, but I didn't know some of these things. Like, so this is the first time I'm hearing some of this. So I'm right with you in being like, oh, wow. Oh, really? Wait, what? <laughs> Yo, that's that's oh dope. Oh my god, yeah. Um, so Keisha. I on right, why Lakeisha? Yes. Why? Why Lakeisha? Everything why? was why? like in place. Why? <laughs> That's probably what my mother's saying. (laughs) Every time I talk to my mother, she's like, so when are you going to come home and start your life? Mind you, I've been here for like four and a half, five years. Right. Like, Like I've been in some corner twiddling my thumbs. So yeah, why Ghana? You know, I feel like my reason is like a cumulative reason, as in it the reason kept compounding, right? Okay. So the first time I was like, oh my gosh, I feel at home, one. Yeah. Then it was like, oh, you know, there are wealthy black people <laughs> here. And this is someone who at this, at the time, like, you know, essentially categorically African-American or a black person mm-hmm. in America, mm-hmm. 
third culture kid, the child of like immigrants. My family, they're all from Jamaica, came up in the 80s and 90s. You know, so, you know, that immigrant experience when you first get to the States, a lot of times people start start at the bottom of the totem pole. Like my grandma was a cleaning lady, Mm -hmm. but she eventually made it into a business. Mm -hmm. So my point is, you know, I got to see that spectrum of like the economic stratosphere. So coming to Ghana and seeing wealthy black people, first of all, Mm -hmm. starting in Atlanta, you get to see that, which was amazing. But then coming to Ghana and seeing seeing wealth and like everybody's black and yeah. you know is it just became a new possibility mm-hmm. for me and I was like I want that I'm gonna have it and I don't know how I'm gonna get it but it's gonna be a part of my life um that was slightly naivete because I then came back and learned very thoroughly that this wealth is long money, honey. Like, this is not some, oh, yeah, we just thought of some business idea. And, right. you know, and naturally, I mean, mm-hmm. people, they are from here, right? So people have been able to accumulate wealth and just build Mm-hmm. There was no, um, I won't say no, but there were very limited things that um, um, stopped generational wealth. Let's say if someone mm-hmm. started it, right? So anyway, long story short, that was the second thing. Possibilities, um, business opportunities, seeing the possibility of being a black woman and wealthy because I it was it's everywhere here, right? Um, so, okay, not everywhere, but it is more accessible. Like you can see it more here than you would in the States and especially Jamaica. Right. So that was the second thing. And then I think my third thing, um, I kept coming back, came back to do like a research fellowship. And during that time I was supposed to go back. That was when they shot um, Mike Brown. Wow. Do you remember that year? I do. 2015? I do. July of 2015, I was scheduled to go back to the States, which I did. But I remember I went home and, like, the country was just essentially in this uproar over violence against black men and black boys and just general like black bodies and them shooting that image of Mike Brown shot in the middle of the street in his own pool of blood like this is even giving me like chills that image did something to me right that image I think was the impetus for me to be like not fuck this shit, but just like, you know what? Right. There's an alternative. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily have to be a part of this. Right. You know, not the way we've been taught to be. Like, there's an alternative. And I had, like, kind of tested my hand at entrepreneurship in Ghana at this at that point so I was like you know what I know that I love media I love communications I love diplomatic relations I love international relations I'm going to do what I know how to do I'm trained to be a public diplomacy foreign service Mm -hmm. officer which is a diplomat right 
I'm gonna tra- I'm gonna use what I'm trained to do, do it on my own terms, in um, a place where I feel free, right? For people that look like me, and I'll eventually, yes, you know, do some work for America. But <laughs> this, I'm just gonna take my own initiative because they were doing too much. Like, I was like, my father and my brother and the men in my family, they fit the description. Right. Like, how can I represent an entity that doesn't necessarily represent and protect people that look like me? Mm-hmm. You know, that was kind of like my yeah. thing in 2015. That was just like, okay, I need a break. So I was like, I'm going to come to Ghana and try this biz, try my hand at entrepreneurship. And I mean, I had kind of been haunted by some of the idea ideas that I had and the initiative so I was like yo I don't have any kids I'm not married chick nor child as my chick nor child so if there's any time and I was like in my 20s I won't say <laughs> I won't say at what point in my 20s but anyway I was in my 20s and I was like yo if there's any time to do this I should do it now. So that is, okay, that's how I came back to Ghana. And my why, like my cumulative whys. Um, I want to start a legacy. Yeah. I um, have been privy to, you know, success outside of the American context. You know, no, you know, shade to the States and for people who are there and making it Mm -hmm. and doing really well and doing amazing work there. But it's just like, you know what, there's an alternative. Um... So my why is really about building a legacy and um, contributing to this society, not in like a savior complex way, because that's not my that's not my style. First of all, right? I don't even have time for that, right? I'm trying to like <laughs> you ain't trying to save. Yeah, I'm not trying to save them. everybody. They no, don't like it's be not, safe. right? It's not possible. But it's like okay, if I am sowing my seeds and giving back, I would want to do that and build up um you know essentially the origin promised land you know anyway so that's why I came back and then oh my gosh how could I forget (laughs) honestly like my realest why of all my whys is because I literally was pissed off by two things one, the fact that people had like a really messed up perception of the continent. I know, right? Yes. Yeah. That annoyed yeah, me. Yeah, like when yeah. I came here, yeah, I was like, yeah. this is not the Africa they told mm-hmm. us about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember I was, I won't say the company. I was working at a top media company before I came to Ghana. And I remember one of my coworkers was like, do they even have schools there? Oh gosh. You're studying abroad. Do they even have schools there? No, but that's that. real though. Really, yeah. People really believe that. Like yeah. the ignorance is on another mm-hmm. level. So that pissed me off because obviously when I came here with NYU and Ghana, shout out to NYU and Ghana. Like, they set us up nicely. So we were around yeah. a bunch of people who were doing well in the society, <laughs> right. right? So it was a stark difference from what we know, right. quote Flies, unquote, Africa. Big children, <laughs> yes, trash. Big children, right? <laughs> it was like a stark difference. And then it was just like, wait a minute. Right. What? Luxury? Right. 
What? Well, and then, you know, you when you even go back after being here, you even go back with a different type of swag. Like, people don't yes. even... It's like, what type of Negro is this? Right, that we a, new see? Mm-hmm. a new one. A new one. Right, so my why, like, was one of the reasons I was pissed off about the misunderstanding and misconception. Yeah. So that was one thing, imagery, branding. Right. Um, you know, the stories being told here, the un- incongruent stories, the unholy... Like, unwhole or unholistic stories that are being told so that was one thing and then of course while being here the customer service I was like what (laughs) is this like are y'all even serious obviously we're Jamaican so tourism is like one of our main things so customer service like we have that on lock right Mm -hmm. so coming here is just like uh uh-uh yeah no and I used to basically manage our brand where customer service was um, a key part of it. So I was like, you know what? These two things are pissing me off. And I am in media. I'm a communications strategist. I used to do customer service, you know, um, not just training, but setting the standard for a bank Mm. that I worked with before. I was like, I'm going to put all my little cents together, my two cents together. And do this this. work. Yeah, do this work. Yeah. Right. So that is my why. Yes, my realest why is because people are still ignorant about the continent. Mm -hmm. And I think basically we need to paint a new perception. Yeah. There we go. There it is. And my why was love too, but like the things that she just said about Mm -hmm. Mike Brown and how black people are treated there and those things. Like, I think my why Ghana, I officially chose Ghana because I'm like, especially like after having children, I'm like, there's no way I'm raising my kids in America. There's no way. There's no way. Mm, I can imagine. (laughs) No way. So that was a big part of my why Ghana too. That's dope. Yeah. So, yes, this is the genesis of this entire podcast, and I'm excited about it. Um, so, you know, we talked about who we are, how we came to Ghana, why we came to Ghana, but even more so, which I think is important for our audience. Like, Makita, why this podcast? Why is this podcast important? Like, why? I think it's important because people need to really know what it's like to live outside of America. Like, there is life outside of America. I even remember when I used to come back, like, back and forth between there and Ghana. People would be like, are you going back to Africa? And I'm like, (laughs) actually, I am. (laughs) Because of you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Like, yeah, so it's like we need to change the narrative. Like... Ghana is so popping. I don't think people realize that because they're in it every day. But from the outside, like, yeah, we need to bring awareness to all the positive things that are going on in Ghana and maybe eventually in Africa itself because there's so much going on. Right. we need to shine a light on the positive things. So I think that's real. And I definitely think a podcast is necessary for mm-hmm. that reason. My why for this podcast, and I think you share this too, is because, okay, let's let's just face it. For the past like five to ten years, I should say, maybe like five to seven years, 
I would say collectively black people as a whole, we've almost been more, we're becoming more conscious of ourselves, right? Like this is almost like a new awakening, the natural hair movement, you know, we're celebrating darker skin tones. Mm -hmm. There are brands that are now creating newer shades. Like, you know what I mean? It's starting to transcend into business, right? Right. This philosophy. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh yeah. And then travel's cool now. Right. So everybody's like, wow, you know, you moved to the content. First of all, I just want to say, um, Makita and I, we've been traveling before it was cool. Yeah, before. So, like, yes. We've been on. Right, been on it. So the whole thing is like, wow, you moved back to Africa or you moved to Ghana or you moved out of this, right? out of the country, out, out of the, the U.S. I don't even want to call it right. explicative names, but... You know, essentially this move is glorified a lot of times and almost romanticized, mm-hmm. especially with people, which I it's not a bad thing. People in the States who are going through like this horrible experience right. in the States, they're dreaming of coming here. Mm-hmm. So to see when people move back, it's like, yo, that's dope. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. It is dope. However, this podcast <laughs> is about the real experience about moving back. Like, it's romanticized, it is glorified, but, yo, it is so real. And there's so much that happens that's so, so much that's a part of the experience that people don't talk about. Yeah. You know, we almost see the first part of what we talked about. Like, you know, everybody's not on trees. There's wealth here. It's (laughs) popping. Which, it is true. Those things are true. But we will get into how rent is super expensive, mm-hmm. how you have to pay one year up front. Right. As an American, I'm sorry, that is that for me as a young person, that was <laughs> financially traumatic. I, I was imagine. like, excuse me? And like, eyes not blinking, like, yes, <laughs> welcome. Aquaba. <Not> flinching. <laughs> Aquaba, boo. You said you want to come here, right? Yeah, y'all, you have to get your money out. Yeah. So, yeah. even though that's kind of changing, but yes, like, yeah. just... I want this podcast to exist for people to have a true understanding of what it means to move back and essentially, you know, why or how they should be thinking. Right. When right? they want to. Yeah. Why move you back. why do you want to move back? Mm-hmm. I I my it's my prayer that this podcast would essentially help you become more aware right. about why you want to do something or even why you should mm-hmm. do it. Um, I also think this podcast, my why for this podcast (laughs) is also honestly growth, right? So I'm doing this, I'm committed to this for other people to be, um, to become more aware and to learn and from, you know, for there to be a a platform where they could access information that they probably can't Google, right? Right. So I'm doing this for people, but at the same time, to keep it 100% real, I'm doing it for myself too. (laughs) I'm doing it for myself in the sense that I believe that growth sometimes comes from literally putting one foot in front of the other. Right. And then there's this whole thing about, you know, moving back where you, let's say you move back in your 20s. First of all, your 20s independently is just like a shit show. It is. It is. 
you know, in the, it, some people have a, an amazing like it's ten true. years, but it's just it's like true. you're figuring so much out. So much out. Yeah. You don't know yourself yeah. all the way. Yeah. You're dealing with a lot of excuse yeah. my language, fuck shit. Fuck like shit. you're learning yourself. You're you yeah. know. So the twenty your twenties independently is just crazy. First but of all, but didn't I tell you we had this co- mm-hmm. side note? We had this conversation where I said you're really not a woman until you turn thirty. I know, yes. and I hated you. And I was like, who is this girl? <laughs> she thought I was a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. She actually said that to me, y'all. And I was like, I don't like her. <laughs> but that went away. Anyway, yeah, so your 20s by itself is crazy. So take that and drop it into the context of Ghana. This beautifully chaotic place. Right. First of all, you're in your 20s and you're trying to figure <laughs> stuff out. And then you you come here, let's say, as someone who's not from Ghana. And, you know, you're trying to learn the culture, the right. silent culture. Right. Right? The things that are not said, but are said. Right. Yeah, y'all. Like, it gets, it gets like, tricky yeah. like that. So I even think to add to mm-hmm. that is I feel like it's important that... We even bridge the gap that I see sometimes between African-Americans and people on the continent. There's like this back and forth of misinformation, just... Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's another thing at all in itself right, right. there. And we're going to get into yeah. it. And I think this podcast will serve as healing yeah. for that. Yeah. But medicine. Medicine, <laughs> right. But I, one of the reasons why I'm definitely doing this podcast is because for the women and men that move yes. back, you know, you are experiencing a lot, even just as a person, but then to come here and experience it with the way the culture can be sometimes, you know, it's... There's a lot of, um, if you will, like groupthink here. Or, you yeah. know, you you don't want to offend anyone. Right. You don't want to be judged right. about things right. that maybe if you were in the states you'd be okay with. But right. in Ghana, you gotta be careful. Culture, right? Culture. So you do, or you have these experiences in silos because you're almost trying to keep yourself immune to the negative right. feedback. Right. You know, if you were to offend or if you were right. to, you know what I mean? So I'm doing this podcast because, you know, for people who have moved back, I just basically want you, I want us to create a space where you can know like, yo, you could grow through it. You know what right. I mean? Like we could, we're going to unpack mm-hmm. some stuff on right. here, like real time, right. <laughs> real time what's going on. And, you know, I think through conversation, it'll be um, therapeutic and really support our growth through this process as people who have returned, you know, whether you are not from Ghana or from Ghana or your parents are, whatever it may be, um, I'm doing this podcast so that we can um, can grow. Right. We're growing. Yes, girl. Wow. How long has it been? I think, (laughs) I think I've talked. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've talked enough, but... Um, no, I'm super excited about it. Amazing. We're going to start up our social media, which we'll share the information about at some point very soon, where we'll get into you guys and try to find out, you know, what you want to hear more about right. and get your feedback. I think it's going to be a good ride. Um, but to kind of close us out, it is 2019 and they are calling this the year of return. It's <laughs> like, I've been returned. Turn. I don't know what right. you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> y'all coming or right. not. <laughs> right. Harry, the year of you coming or not. 
I like that. I like that. And it's so real. So, yes, it's the year of return, 2019. Um, I feel like, and this was really brought up by Makita, but I'm just going to jack the idea like it's mine. We should have someone who is well-versed in the history of the transatlantic yes. slave trade to talk about when Absolutely. the first slave trade, slave um ship left and just the history right. of it you know so that we could really get the depth and a true understanding of the year of return and the history of it anyway so on that note it is the year of return and we're pretty much gassed up and excited about sharing our lives with you and really getting people in tune to this frequency right about moving to the continent vibrate higher right or you don't even have to move here just visit you right know, that's all we're saying Right. So on that note, we are going to close out and definitely get more into content about the year of return and then our lives. Like we talked a lot, but we really didn't say that much on this one. So we need you guys to stay put, stay stuck and stay tuned. Yeah. Makita, do you have anything to say to people? No, I think you talked the whole time. (laughs) No, I'm joking. Yeah, but yeah, just expect a lot. Something new, something different, something, you know, fun. Not too serious, but we'll get serious, not serious. Because naturally I'm serious. Yeah. And then at the same time, and I think it's because like a lot of my houses are in Gemini. You know what I mean? Like I'm a Taurus, but at the same time, I just, I can give you different things, which makes things interesting. I think I just got like one of those um, astrological readings, oh, yeah. and I was like, oh my gosh, I never knew this. Anyway, yes. So y'all, it is the year of return. This is Lakeisha Marie, and this is Zinga Makita. <laughs> and stay tuned. Yes, we are definitely at your service, and make sure you follow us and um, respond to our questions and tell your friends tell your mom and them tell your auntie and them the aunties the uncles the cheering (laughs) the cheering (laughs) bye (laughs) this has been a gold coast report production